If your brand could use more effective and efficient ways to ignite growth, you've come to the right place. This is where smart marketers learn to leverage their own community to ignite growth in sales, awareness, and beyond. Welcome to The Rise, the community commerce marketing show. I'm your host, Jason Falls. We are exploring the world of community commerce marketing through the lens of the people shaping how brands build community, engage customers, and drive growth in sales, revenue, and uh, and awareness, and beyond. Today, we're going to learn lessons from the publishing world and how building community there can better inform building our own communities elsewhere. Angela Lawson joins us today. She is the Community and Content Director at Supply Side 65, part of the Informa group of brands. They manage publications and communities around them in the health and nutrition industry. She spent several years as one of the top editors at CNET along the way too, Angela will join us here in just a moment. Before we do bring her in, however, do take a moment to hit that follow or subscribe button if you're watching us on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. The Rise, the Community Commerce Marketing Show is a new streaming program, an audio podcast from Scipio.ai, the leading community commerce marketing platform. You can find us primarily on YouTube or LinkedIn. Just look for Scipio. AI as the username and don't miss our streamed show each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. If you prefer uh, just the uh, to listen to the audio on demand via a podcast, search for The Rise, the Community Commerce Marketing Show, wherever you get your podcasts or for an easy menu to subscribe. Just go to scipio.ai slash podcast. All right, we have designed the rise to make efficient use of your time watching on the live stream. So uh, let's get to it. Angela Lawson is here today. Uh, she is a longtime friend and one of the smartest people I know about intertwining the worlds of content and community to build powerful marketing ecosystems for the brand she's worked with over the years. Angela, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I, th I think I had you muted. So let me ask you again. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. And hey, that's not the first time you tell me to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. You're going to give me a bad reputation. Well, I give myself a bad reputation, I suppose. Um, so let's level set with everyone. Uh, tell us, first of all, about Supply Side 365 so that people can understand <laughs> who your customers and audience are, how the company serves them, and then where that role of community plays into what you do. Okay. Supply Side 365 is the kind of the umbrella for Supply Side. And Supply Side is a part of Informa Markets. And Supply Side has five brands underneath it. It is the Supply Side West and Supply Side East trade shows. And that's for the uh, health, nutrition, supplement markets. And it's for the part before they hit the marketplace from the ideation, formulation, R&D, manufacturing, everything that happens before that package actually goes out to hit that shelf and go to the consumer. So there's a lot that has to happen before that brand's ever successful. And supply side focuses on that audience. And so under that, we have the two trade shows, which are the biggest in the industry. Then we have two publications. We have Natural Product Insider. We have Food and Beverage Insider. And then we have a research publication uh, that 
sells off research that it does very in-depth research that is a nutrition business journal. And so where Supply Side 365 falls in is this is the community that brings all of that together. So how do we take all of these great resources that we have and then bring it together and bring all of that audience? So in the shows, we have networking and people go and they network. And then on the media brands, we have audience, a great already established audience. So if you already have networking, you already have audience. The perfect match to that is to bring in that community to allow that two-way communication. So that's where Supply Side 365 came from is let's bring this all together. That's great. So I guess to, to simplify it, because you know uh, I'm, I'm a dumb guy, uh, <laughs> is it fair to say that you're a publishing company that serves a specific industry or two? So you have publications, content, and events that are sort of built around that sort of primary product, or am I missing a connection there? I think that you could say that Informa is an events company that is also a publishing company. Okay. Because Informa corporate handles events all over the world. Some of the biggest events known out there, you would be surprised. If you go to Informa.com, you're going to be like, wow, I didn't realize that they <laughs> handled every single event from restaurant week events to things that you and I have followed, like, uh, you know, the um, Content Marketing Institute they, yep. on that and nice. all of that, that, you know, we've watched all this content marketing and they, those events and they put that stuff on to social media today. They oh, own nice. that. So, yeah, it's when you get in there and you start going through, you're like, oh, I didn't realize you own that roofing industry. I mean, it, it covers the gamut. So I would call them a, a, an event company that has publications that they form together as one big sure. happy company because you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. 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 I mean, the publications feed into the events, mm -hmm. the events feed into the publications and then the right. community, you know, kind of ties it all together. Right. Now, the, the reason I asked that is I think there's a distinction between a community of consumers of a product like mm -hmm. fan groups for Lego or Sephora or Harley Davidson. There's a difference between that and an industry or trade community. Those are people who are there almost out of professional obligation or because it's an integral part of their job to stay connected, right? Is that a fair distinction between those two types? Absolutely. Lego is a great example because it's one of the biggest, you know, brand communities out there, you know, something like that or Sephora, uh, Apple, those are big brand communities and they are very focused on the actual product, getting people to use the product, build the product, um, you know, or be brand ambassadors for that product, releasing new products, uh, you know, Lego, putting things out there like, hey, let's have these, you know, gamification things like, you know, who can build this or send us pictures of what you built. It's very much built on the actual products and making it fun. When you get into a B2B, a business to business, it is really focused on your career, mm -hmm. your company. What can you do to help them do their job better? What can you do to help them build their company better? in that community you know we're looking at things like regulations new industry trends yep. business insights and there may be new products but they're products that are on the business end they're not consumer products right so they're products to help the you do the business better so and you're working on networking networking yep. is huge in a b to b community 
connecting them with other people in the industry. Sourcing is a big thing for our community. Sourcing ingredients, sourcing products, sourcing supply chain, believe it or not, is a really big thing for our community. Sure. Because that supply chain, if it's disrupted, mm-hmm. let's say earthquakes happen in Turkey and that supply chain's inter- you know, disrupted or a war breaks out somewhere, how do you get those ingredients from overseas to continue to make those supplements? Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. The, the, what I kind of pulled out of what you said in comparing sort of the B2C consumer communities and the B2B, um, you know, sort of trade industry communities, it's almost like consumer communities are focused on the product more Mm -hmm. so than the community member. Whereas in B2B, it's very much kind of a professional development networking connection focused on the user. And that might be an interesting distinction to make between those two. I don't want to say B2C because I have done some B2C. I'm a more professional considered in the B2B, but I've done some B2C. And in B2C, you're still concerned about the community member because you have to make them feel like they're a part of that group. You do want to put on events where they come together and they might join a team that everybody builds this gigantic dinosaur in Legos (laughs) without making them feel like part of the family of the community, it's not going to grow. Community is never really run by the organization. The community is owned and run by the members and companies don't really get that, that the community own, the the members own the community. They will take it in the direction they want it to go. And if you try to control that, it's gonna die and they'll just go off and build their own community. So I, I would say always community member, what they need comes first over anything, but they focus on what the community member wants out of the actual brand items. Right. Very good. All right. So let's dissect the concepts of community and and content a bit. You're a writer, Mm -hmm. editor, publishing professional. So I think your primary skill set, I think revolves around creating content, but Mm -hmm. you've also developed a powerful skill set to go along with that, which is you also know how to engage and foster community. So Mm -hmm. whether it's for your job or any brand out there, Define your role in creating content and your role in managing a community and how do those two intertwine with each other? I think that I started off as CNET. So I started off in, you know, I started off as a web developer. So I was a tech person. And then I was at CNET and became a journalist publisher. And, but CNET in the early years, that was community. Our comments at Tech Republic, our comments, the people we commented with, we formed relationships with them. And so that was my introduction into community. We became so close with these people, knew these people, knew where they lived. They would respond to us. We engaged them as writers. So I kind of went from there into community. And because I had the content skills, I could write for community. But my specialization in the last 12 years has been in community. And I, and I did it as a consulting in consulting firms and for big tech companies. And then I got this opportunity to come back into publishing with community. And I had never thought about getting out of the consulting world until this came to me. And it was number one, being able to be in the natural products industry and to do something that I feel like helps people, you know, health and and all of that was interesting to me, but being able to bring it back into content and community. So the difference is that our editors, they really focus on that content. 
they write the content, they source the content. They have to be experts in that, which I do too, but they're out there writing it. They're focused on that part of it. They're not as focused on engaging with the audience, but their content has to kind of reach the audience. They have to be interested about it. Sure. But for my side, I focus on engaging with that community. Community and audience are different. Audience is that one-way push out. Community is the two-way. And so I'm focused on how do I make this personal connection with this, this person? I'm going to do it in email. I'm going to do it in a LinkedIn group. I'm going to do it at maybe we're going to have some special little meetup at an event. But it's for me, it's that person to person or group to person connection. So my content isn't necessarily going to be long form articles about hitting things in the industry. But I might ask a question about something that's going on in the industry so that I can get a response to it where we have brilliant, brilliant uh, journalists at um Natural Products Insider and Food and Beverage Insider. These are people who are, they know, you know, FDA regulations, you know, one's a lawyer. These are people that are way smarter than I am. And they, they write hard hitting, long, technical, in-depth researched articles. And I can go in there and grab a snippet of it and then pop it out on social media and go, hey, guys, what do you think about it? Yeah. So that's kind of the difference in in what we're looking at in that. Um, I'm also for community. You know, I'm looking heavily at analytics. Who's liking this? Who's sharing this? How are they reacting? I can change things quickly. I have the ability at a show we just went to. I just kind of walked around my camera, saw something I liked grab somebody and did a pop-up video on social media. Mm -hmm. When you're a journalist, you really have to think every step of the way and plan out a little more. You don't have a lot of that uh, ability to do those on the spur of the moment uh, things as much as somebody in community does. So I feel a little fortunate that I have that ability to have those two-way interactions. Um, and I get the feedback. I'm, I'm the yeah. person that they talk to. They tell what they like, what they don't like. You know, I hear from the from the audience that have become my community members. Sure. I, I, I'm curious in that dynamic, and I guess this probably varies from one publication to the next, but I wonder how much of the content is driven by the content team versus how much of the content is driven by that communication and that interaction with the community is there a balance there is it are there still organizations that you know of that are very much you know editor writer journalist push it out and then the community team drives the engagement or is there uh, have there been or are there in certain situations um where there's a much more sort of symbiotic feeding off each other approach mm -hmm. to that because i would think that would almost be the social ideal i guess it is the social ideal. And I think when you look at some of your larger publications, uh, your larger online publications that have communities, you know, I know when we were at Tech Republic and other, you know, the CNET brands and who, have, you know, kind of divided up between ZDNet and went over to um, CNET, I mean, Tech Republic went another way. They relied heavily on feedback from their users and their members and their community and their forums. Um, I've seen this in other big brand publishers. Now, with what we're doing at Supply Side, our community is very new. 
Okay. We just really launched this in the way that we're doing it in February. So this is kind of very new for us in how we're doing it. This is kind of an experiment. I am, when they have that big discussion, where does community live, which is always a fight. Does it live in marketing? Does it live in sales? I actually live within the content team. My department does, okay. which is something that is unusual. And I was excited about that because I'm in the content meetings. I'm involved heavily with the content team. I'm seeing what they're doing. We're discussing back and forth. And so we're now building those channels of how do I push information to them? How do they push information to me? How do we share and build that mm -hmm. thing so that they can know what the people in the community are talking about wanting? And there's a few other initiatives and kind of we're launching with kind of segmenting out because right now it's like one big thing. So how do you segment out, you know, people who are newer to the community, people who are interested only in manufacturing. Yeah. So how do you, you know, kind of break that down? Uh, Industry Dive does an excellent job. They have something, I don't know, 30 something different LinkedIn groups that <laughs> they get down to the nitty gritty of exactly. And, yeah. you know, we own Industry Dive. Hey, so, uh, you know, as I said, Informa kind of owns everything. But, uh, you know, talking with them, getting an understanding for one, how do you manage 35 LinkedIn groups? And some of them have 2,000 members. Yeah. And I'm excited because I now have 16,000. I'm like, yay. But how do you manage 200,000 members yeah. with one person? Or they might have more. But also, how do you go that granular? Yeah. And that's something that we'll be looking at over time is how do you go that granular in you know, marketing, R&D, um, manufacturing, and hit those target audiences within groups. Sure. Well, it sounds to me like you've you've started out with a formula for creating that sort of social ideal mm -hmm. where there's this sort of, sort of symbiotic, you know, cycle relationship between content and community. Um, because obviously the content people need to feed content to the community or the communities, they're not going to feed off that content. So... Good stuff there. All right. We, we've been well, talking a lot. A lot now, on let me tell you one thing real quick. Okay. The old timers in community, you probably heard this. All of us always said, you come for content, you stay for community. Yeah. It's been out there forever. So, and I hold that always. You come for content, you stay for community. Yeah. So that's great. now we'll transition. That's a good, that's a good way for, for brands to think about their community building and their content as well. All right. So we've been talking on this show a lot uh, uh, around whatever you call water coolers these days um, about AI and its impact mm -hmm. on things, artificial intelligence with the anticipated proliferation of AI generated content. Uh, and I, I don't guess we can say anticipated anymore. We can say nope. with the preponderance that is upon us. Um, nope. and, and certainly there will be people who abuse that. Mm -hmm. How does the publishing world or the marketing world prepare and brace for that onslaught from your perspective? Uh, well, marketing, publishing, community. Uh, it's going to be a major disruptor. Mm -hmm. It's going to change everything we know about not just the profession of it, but how people do it. Mm. You can imagine a world five, eight, ten years from now where people will not, they will actually have an AI bot who they say, this is what I want to get in content. They will specialize their content. They will only get what they want to see, when they want to see it, and how they want to see it. So we have to get ahead of that. We have to prepare for that. 
We will no longer be able to just publish what we want to publish. We will have to publish what the audience wants to see and figure out Mm-hmm. who that audience is and who's going to be requesting it. It's going to change everything drastically. But like online publishing changed the way paper publishing was done, it's not going to kill everything. It's not doom and gloom. One thing that's going to be very important is the human factor. Mm-hmm. Authenticity, who the author is, and what their influence is. Yep. And that's what I'm telling writers now is if you haven't branded yourself, if you're not building an audience, if you're not using that author tag in your metadata, mm-hmm. you better start doing it now yep. because you're going to be competing against a bot. And when people are out there in five years looking for content, they're going to want human content, mm-hmm. not bot content. So establishing authority, authenticity, authorship now is the most important thing that you can start doing now. And then planning ahead thinking ahead, following, don't just sit there and go, oh, well, that doesn't, AI doesn't, that's nothing we have to worry about. Because in every industry, it's going to affect every industry. It's here. It doesn't change. So stay ahead of it. Start forming groups. Start talking about it. Think about how you can use AI to make what you do better. Don't fight it. Use it to your advantage and make what you do better. So uh, my follow-up question there is I, I, I really am, am interested in, and want to chew on the topic you, you brought up a little bit more of people, individual consumers out there are going to kind of have their own access to AI bots that filter their content for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that happening. I understand how AI can be used for that. I don't have faith that human beings are uh, smart enough or enterprising enough to do that. I think right now, uh, most consumers, no offense to anybody out there, I'm not trying to point a finger at any one person, but I think most consumers go to TikTok and get lost because they don't want to make a choice. They want to be fed. They Mm -hmm. don't want to, they don't want to look at the menu. They just want to stand at the buffet and sink their face into whatever's in front of them and then move along the line Mm -hmm. uh, from a content perspective. I can certainly see in B2B industries and things like that where what you're saying is going to happen can happen because there are people within their professions and industries who are like, I only want to know about the latest of of AI and I only want to understand the latest about SEO and I only want to understand these five topics and I don't care about anything else. It's going to work great for them. But from a general consumer perspective, I just don't think people are that discerning enough. I think they just want to be fed something and are happy to endlessly thumb scroll until they find something. So I guess if there's a question in there, it's A, do you agree or not? And B, maybe that's what accounts for there. It's not a gloom and doom situation. There's going to be a mix of, of both. I think that humans as in general are not smart enough. It's the people that will build the products that do it for you. And if you think about how polarized we are already, you think about people who only want to see one viewpoint in politics, or you think about people who only want to see, are only interested in doing macrame, or people who are only interested in learning about bourbon, you know, our favorite topic here, bourbon. I see, I told you I would slip bourbon in here somewhere. You knew I was going to do it. So, you know, and, you think about that and they, someone has a product and they will, they will make it easy. They will dumb it down to sell it. And it says, tell me what topics you're interested in. And all they have to do is say the topics they're interested in. 
and it is only going to give them that content because it's, it's basically almost like a Google search did mm -hmm. where it's just going to go out and it's going to grab the content that is directed toward what their interest is. Yeah. All they have to do is tell them what the interest is. Interesting. Well, yeah. and it's, it's also, I think it's a great place where community for brands can come in because mm -hmm. these algorithms are fed by your online behavior. And if you're spending mm -hmm. a lot of time as a consumer, whether it's B2B or B2C, if you're spending a lot of time in certain topical groups, then that's the content you're going to be fed. Exactly. And so it's incumbent upon brands to build community so you can feed the algorithm so that you continue to hold on to. That's a whole other angle that is beautiful because the people that don't want to specialize, the people that don't want to say, pick this, this, and this for the brands and advertisers that have built something that follow their behavior in communities and in things, they can do exactly that. They can feed them like we already do, but in a higher level right. because we're talking feed them not just online content, TV content, online content, film content. 10 years from now with AI, it could be radio. We just have no vision. I mean, if you look at where the internet went from 95, when we first kind of started getting in the web to where it was in 2005, I mean, think about how much it changed in that 10 years. Yeah. So where we go from today to 10 years from now in AI, my mind can't even wrap around. <laughs> yeah, it's, my mind's been not wrapping around a lot lately. And then it's, it's all in the same, same uh, uh, regard. So awesome stuff, Angela, as always, before I let you go, tell folks where they can find you and supply side 65 on them in the, in their interwebs. Yeah. Uh, one, you can come check us out at supply side, 365.com. And from there you will get feeds for all of our publications you get fees for all of our webinars and you can follow us and connect to our LinkedIn group there. And as always, you can, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn at Ange Lawson. So you can see what I'm rambling about that day. And, or you can find me, you know, connected somewhere on Jason's and uh, I ramble about the gamut from community to AI to health and nutrition. So that depends on the day. And occasionally bourbon. And bourbon and horse racing. Don't forget, we're from Kentucky. We've got to throw that in there. Yeah. Bourbon and horse racing. Well, very good. We'll make sure those links uh, are dropped in the old show notes on the streams here. In fact, I just uh, dropped those on uh, the YouTube and the LinkedIn. Uh, if you're listening on the uh, podcast, uh, make sure you uh, jump over to our LinkedIn or YouTube accounts and look for those posts uh, on today's feed. Uh, so you can see the addition of the rise. The links will be in the comments there. Angela, thank you again for the wisdom. Appreciate your, uh, your time. Uh, and uh, let's do this again soon sometime. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Bye. Right. Angela Lawson, ladies and gentlemen, great to have her here from Supply Side 65. Again, we'll make sure those links, uh, those links are in the show notes on LinkedIn and YouTube already. Uh, you are welcome to go there now and get those. Unless you're driving, don't do it while you're driving. Uh, they'll be there. Those posts stay up on those channels. So you can go back and just find today's edition of The Rise uh, there. Great perspective. We all need a reminder uh, from time to time, not only on content marketing uh, and community, but the combination of the two. Uh, so make sure you go check those out. Uh, hey, just to give everybody a heads up, I wanted to kind of give you a little sneak preview uh, a bit. Scipio.ai uh, is almost ready. 
to publish our very own ebook called The Marketer's Guide to Community Influence Marketing. It's basically a step-by-step -step guide to plugging into your own community of customers, fans, and followers, identifying the influential voices among those people who already know you. Find the influencers and content creators within your own community to fill your content coffers with user-generated content and promote you to their circles of influence. That ebook is coming up, I think, on Monday, so stay tuned to Scipio.ai on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for that. I'll have the link and such next week on the show as well, so that's coming. I just wanted to uh, make sure you had a heads up. It, we're putting some finishing touches on it this week for you, so it should be ready and launched on Monday. I'm excited to get uh, the Marketer's Guide to Community Influence Marketing in your hands. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of The Rise. I want to thank you all uh, for joining us on the big program today. This is The Rise, the community commerce marketing show, where we document the rise of the exciting new category of marketing strategy, automation, and software that is community commerce marketing. The solutions we offer at Scipio.ai brings that power to you in the form of user-generated content and community influence marketing on scale. We do want you to uh, find out more, of course. Just visit us at Scipio.ai and hit the demo button in the upper right. Rise is a production of Scipio.ai. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn or YouTube so you never miss a podcast. You can also subscribe, if I can talk, to the show's audio on demand. Just search for The Rise, the community commerce marketing show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for being a part of our community We'll see you again soon on another episode of The Rise, the Community Commerce Marketing Show. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.